Welcome to the Red Light Report, your number one source for all things red light therapy, where you will learn how to optimize your health, wellness, and longevity with the power of photobiomodulation. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Belkowski. Hey, everybody. Here we are again, another solo sode of the Red Light Report, and you know what that means. That means we're going to jump into some photobiomodulation research. So we have three articles today that we're going to look into a little more superficial than we have in in previous weeks where we do a really deep dive into one topic, into one research article. But this week, we'll spread the love over three articles of various topics. I'll just tell you right now, one has to do with the effect of transcranial photobiomodulation treatments on COVID-19 brain fog, one of the effects of transvaginal photobiomodulation on, on pelvic pain, And then lastly, we'll wrap things up with a longer article that goes into photobiomodulation's effect on melanoma cells, as skin cancer is a super common condition or one of the most common cancers in the world. So I think that one will speak to a lot of people, whether you're looking to prevent skin cancer and or dealing with it currently, that should provide some insight onto how red light therapy can help with that topic. But before we get started, just a quick reminder that currently at the time of this recording, for the next four or five days, the Glow, the BioLite Glow, the new handheld red light therapy device is currently on presale. And you, as a red light report listener, can get that 15% off, which is exclusive to you, the listener. There's nowhere else to get a discount for the Glow. So you guys, my loyal listeners, get that uh, exclusive 15% discount. And again, just go to BioLite.shop, pre-order the Glow, and use coupon code Red Light Report, all one word, uh, all lowercase, Red Light Report, and get 15% off the glow. Those puppies are going to ship out April 17th. And so again, that's right around the corner at the time of this recording. And again, that that 15% coupon code is going to end April 17th. So you have a couple more days if you're listening to this when the episode drops to snag that new, sleek, simple, elegant Red Light Therapy device before it officially drops. So let's jump into some photobiomodulation research, shall we? As I alluded to, this first article has to do with COVID-19 brain fog. And this comes out of the Journal of Biophotonics, relatively hot off the press. And by that, I mean this month, April 2023. Go figure, one of the authors, there's only two authors on this article. Typically with research, there can be six to 12 authors, depending on the research. But this article has two authors, and one of them is our friend, Dr. Praveen Arani. Of course, one of the guests that was on the show six to eight months ago, dropping some photobiomodulation knowledge. But he seems to get around a lot in the research, which isn't a surprise as knowledgeable and as much of an expert as he is. But again, this article from 2023 of this month, and it is entitled, Use of Either Transcranial or whole body photobiomodulation treatments improves COVID-19 brain fog. So right off the bat, they're not even leaving a cliffhanger or keeping us on the edge of our our seat. They're telling us using either transcranial, so through the brain, or whole body red light therapy treatments improves COVID-19 brain fog. So do I even need to go over the abstract with you guys? (laughs) I mean, we already know that it works, so just kidding. But really, that's pretty interesting. So brain fog, of course, would relate to the brain, one would think. 
But as you guys know, my knowledgeable red light therapy experts, you know that there's this thing called the gut-brain axis. So we know that anytime we're treating the brain or anytime we're dealing with a brain ailment, we could target just the gut and it's not guaranteed, but likely because of that gut-brain axis, we would see an improvement in that brain or mental condition. So that's kind of where my mind goes as soon as I read that title, that yes, if we directly irradiate the brain, we're probably going to see some great results. But they're saying whole body, because especially with COVID-19, dealing with a virus, that also tells me a systemic condition. Of course, this article is looking specifically at brain fog, which is one of many potential side effects or negative consequences of COVID-19. But again, when we're talking virus, when we're talking a systemic condition, and I always like to bring up fibromyalgia, which is notoriously a systemic condition. With that, yes, your pain shows up in different parts of your body. So it seems like, yes, it's your wrist or yes, it's your knee or your ankle or your back. But the more we learn and the more we research fibromyalgia, we're coming to understand that it's a classic systemic condition, systemic inflammation in the body. So again, if we can modulate and reduce that inflammation, we're probably going to reduce those random bouts of pain that seemingly happen at random times. So again, back to this article, when we're looking at the title, it's saying transcranial, treating the brain, or whole body, and that tells me reducing systemic inflammation and or improving circulation in the entire body. And then thirdly, of course, as we all know, improving that cellular energy, which when you're fighting any ailment, you need energy, number one. If you don't have enough energy, you're going to be fighting an uphill battle perpetually until your cells somehow find enough energy. That can be through food, that can be through rest, that can certainly be through light. And so if you're giving your body and boosting your cellular energy, you're going to have a better time fighting off these negative side effects of different viruses and different systemic conditions. It doesn't even have to be systemic, it could just be the cold or, or the flu. Uh, but if you're able to boost your immune system and boost that cellular energy, good things are going to happen, right? So again, that's what I think of just by reading the title. But again, Dr. Praveen Arani and his co-author don't give anything away that both work. And I kind of had a soapbox moment last episode, I believe, as I typically do, right guys? <laughs> Where red light therapy isn't a cookie cutter treatment. Again, a lot of that comes from the bio-individuality that we all have. You know, everyone's not going to respond to any given treatment the same, but especially with red light therapy, you just got to give the body what it wants and it'll do the rest. It's a, it's a miracle machine in a way. And then with that being said, there's multiple ways to skin this cat. It doesn't have to be this specific light frequency at the specific distance, at the specific light intensity uh, for the specific duration, or else you're going to miss the boat. That's just simply not how it works. And so again, there's many ways to skin the cat with red light therapy. And as they're outlining here, hey, treat the brain or do full body treatments, and you're going to help improve your COVID-19 brain fog. So I'll stop beating the dead horse right there. Well, guys, the holiday season may be over, but you can still save big. We've had this for some time now. BioLite has what's called bundles. So simply go to the BioLite website, BioLite.shop, go under products, and there will be a tab for bundles. With each of these bundles, there's three of them, you save 20% off on the entire package. For example, we have the Beauty Bundle, which includes a Shine and Stand, a Guardian Plus, and the Longev Revive Cream. So that bundle of three products, you save 20% off the entire package. There's the Recovery Bundle, 
That includes the Recharge Plus panel, the Guardian mouthpiece, and then the Longev Recover Cream. And that Recover Cream is just like the Revive Cream, except it has added CBD oil infused into it. That package of three items all comes at 20% off. And then the last bundle, which is the most versatile bundle in the sense that you get to pick and choose what products you want, you get to pick and choose from the Recharge Plus panel, the Restore Plus panel, or the Matrix Full Body Mat. And then you get to choose between the Guardian and Guardian Plus, and then you get to choose between the Revive and the Recover Cream. It also includes the Shine and Stand, so you get to choose between black and silver. By purchasing those four products in the Ultimate Bundle, you save 20% off all of the products. You also save 20% off shipping. So literally, the entire package and shipping is 20% off. So if you're ever needing some red light therapy products and are looking for a discount, just remember, the bundles are always 20% off, 365 days a year, no coupon code necessary. But with that being said, this article is so new. Again, it came out, it was published six days ago. So hot, hot off the press. I wasn't able to get the full PDF version of this article. I did request it. So hopefully Praveen can send that my way. And if I do get that article, I'll, I'll be sure to update you guys in a, in a future solo-sode. But for now, I think the abstract is going to serve its purpose and, and kind of give us as much information as we need for the time being. And so just right off the bat, we'll, we'll just read down the abstract and then we'll kind of go over it. There is an increasing recognition of post-COVID-19 sequelae involving chronic fatigue and brain fog for which photobiomodulation therapy has been utilized. This open-label pilot human clinical study examined the efficacy of two photobiomodulation devices. One that was a helmet of 1,070 nanometers, of course, near-infrared, for the transcranial photobiomodulation treatment, and then a light bed. A light bed, that would be exactly like the uh, BioLite Adapt table. A light bed where you have both 660 and 850 nanometers. So you're getting that full body treatment while comfortably lying down. And so they did this over a four-week period. 12 treatments for the two separate groups. And there was seven people per group. So a relatively small trial here. But regardless, subjects were evaluated with a neuropsychological test battery, including a host of tests, which I'm not going to go over because I'd be boring to hear, but just know, again, a battery of neuropsychological tests and a quantitative electroencephalography system called WAVY, capital W, capital A, capital V, lowercase i, WAVY, and then pre and post treatment series. And then each device for photobiomodulation delivery was associated with significant improvement in cognitive tests and also changes in wavy supported the findings. So this study outlines the benefits of utilizing photobiomodulation therapy, whether it be transcranial or whole body, to treat long COVID brain fog. And that kind of prompted me to ask the question, well, what is wavy? I've heard of it before, but I couldn't really define it for you guys, so I had to look it up and directly from the Wavy website, so to speak, it says that, what is Wavy? Wavy is an all-in-one brain measurement platform which provides objective information about brain function. The Wavy system uses well-established evoked EEG technology to record electrical signatures of the brain, providing doctors, researchers, and wellness experts with actionable data-driven reports. 
So again, going back to the abstract here, they said they were looking over a battery of neuropsychological tests and those all showed statistically significant improvements, but also changes in wavy supported the findings. So using this all-in-one brain measurement platform, well, that supported the findings that the transcranial or the whole body red light therapy treatments helped improve the symptoms related to COVID-19 brain fog. So again, very riveting that you can treat the brain with one wavelength, a very long wavelength for near-infrared at 1,070 nanometers. And again, you want that longer wavelength for brain treatments because that means the light's going to penetrate deeper. Again, the light irradiance or the intensity of the light has nothing to do with the depth of penetration. It's the wavelength. So that's why red at 660 only treats the skin. It doesn't go any deeper. Whereas 850 nanometers being a longer wavelength, it penetrates deeper and it's able to get tissues like muscles and bones and tendons and, and joints. And so when treating the brain, the skull is pretty thick. So even 850, some light's going to make it through, but a very small percentage. And as I've said before on, on previous solo sodes, of course, even that small percentage of light still leads to dramatic benefits. So it's not a bad thing, but 1070 nanometers is a significantly longer wavelength than even 850 in the near infrared spectrum. So that's going to penetrate even deeper and affect more of the brain tissue. Of course, you'd want a, a certain light irradiance to ensure enough photons are getting to that depth. But regardless, clearly this research showed that they did see benefits, so it did have an effect. And unfortunately, in the abstract here, they, they don't have the parameters, so I can't tell you light irradiance, but at least we know the wavelengths. And if I do get that full PDF version, I'll be sure to update you guys so that uh, we can all be on the same board with not only the wavelengths, but also the intensity of the light and the duration of the treatments themselves, because we only know that they did 12 treatments, but we don't know how long or, or what the dosage was. So again, once I get that PDF, I'll update you guys. But riveting nonetheless, again, you can treat the brain directly with a longer wavelength or simply do a classic full body treatment and your symptoms of COVID-19 brain fog will seemingly improve. Next topic, and this one is for the ladies out there, hashtag woman's health. If you're a guy and you're not treating woman's health or you're just not interested, you can go ahead and skip ahead to the next topic. But regardless, I think it's interesting in knowing more information about photobiomodulation, regardless of the topic, just gives you a better perspective and, and a greater respect for red light therapy as a whole. But again, this one is specifically for the ladies. It was released in the journal called Urology and relatively new from December last year, 2022. It's entitled Transvaginal Photobiomodulation Improves Pain in Women with Pelvic Muscle Tenderness and Interstitial Cystitis Bladder Pain Syndrome, a Preliminary Observational Study. And so even with that being said, the fact that it's an observational study not the strongest. Just like in the previous article, they had seven people per group, so they had 14 total. Not the strongest, but enough to get statistically significant results and at least pique our interest and show that there is some promise. So same thing here. It's an observational study. As you'll see in the conclusion, they'll say, however, controlled studies are needed. But once again, at least we're getting the information now. We're getting the research and the ball rolling for some of these more niche topics, such as interstitial cystitis, bladder pain syndrome for women's health. So again, I could only get the abstract, and when I went to the full article, so to speak, provided 
a lot of information, but not all the nuts and bolts. So I just pulled what I could and we'll cover that. But I think, again, it's going to be insightful enough for you ladies that it's going to provoke some intrigue and interest if you're dealing with this especially. So they go on to say in the abstract here that the purpose of the study was, again, interstitial cystitis, bladder pain syndrome, which is characterized by pelvic bladder pain associated with pelvic muscle tenderness, urgency, frequency, and dysuria. Prior studies show that transvaginal photobiomodulation reduces pain in women with chronic pelvic pain. Our objective was to obtain preliminary data on treatment effect and adherence in women with interstitial cystitis bladder pain syndrome who selected transvaginal photobiomodulation therapy for management of pelvic pain. And then moving along to materials and methods, they go on to say that before and after observational cohort study of women with, we'll call it ICBPS going forward for my own sake, it's kind of a tongue twister, who received transvaginal photobiomodulation in 17 U.S. practices. Pain was measured using a 0 to 10 numeric rating scale, and the primary outcome was a minimal clinical important difference, or MCID. So a reduction of overall pelvic pain severity by greater than two numeric rating scale points from baseline was compared after eight treatments. Looking at the results of the 140 patients with ICBPS who self-selected to start transvaginal photobiomodulation therapy, 89% of them, which is 125 of them, completed at least four treatments and 60% of them completed eight there was an improvement of at least one numeric rating scale point reported by 73 to 74% and a meaningful improvement, meaning more than two points, reported by 64% after eight treatments. So in this group, patients with severe to moderate pain decreased from an average of 83% to 38.5%, so cut it by over half. And then pain levels decreased as follows. Overall pelvic pain, the MCID was negative 2.7. And, and let me give a little background because I had to look this up myself. Regarding MCID, negative values indicate an improvement in the quality of life, whereas positive values correspond to deterioration. So again, going back to the abstract here, overall pelvic pain for the MCID was negative 2.7. Pain with urination, the MCID was negative 2.6. Pain with exercise, the MCID was negative 2.6. And then pain with intercourse, the MCID was negative 2.5. So for all of them, overall pelvic pain, pain with urination, pain with exercise, pain with intercourse, they all had negative MCID values, which correlates to an increased quality of life. And so the conclusion of this study is that in real-world clinical settings, two-thirds of women with ICBPS who opted to undergo transvaginal photobiomodulation therapy reported significant decrease in pelvic pain and dysuria. These findings are promising. And again, however, controlled studies are needed. So, very interesting, very riveting, and this isn't the first time I've heard about transvaginal photobiomodulation. There's, there's a lot of potential use cases for it, as you can imagine. And just like anywhere in the body, the benefits for doing red light therapy in the vagina would be, again, modulating inflammation, improving circulation, 
optimizing mitochondrial health, mitochondrial function, or cellular energy, however you want to phrase it. And again, the vast majority, the vast, vast majority of health conditions, one, if not a combination of two or all three are at play when you're dealing with a disease. So if you can reduce inflammation, improve circulation, optimize mitochondrial health, good things are going to happen. And that's no different in the vagina versus any other tissue in the body. So I think this is the first time I've reported on a specific research article on transvaginal photobiomodulation. So for many of you, I'd imagine this is the first time you're hearing it. But again, the options for applying this type of a therapy, light, red light therapy, is, is relatively endless. And again, very, very safe, low, low risk, very high potential reward if you get the dosage correct. So I wanted to report on this because A, it's relatively new. B, this is probably a new form of red light therapy most of you haven't heard of. And then C, again, even though it wasn't the highest of quality studies, there was still 140 patients. Again, we need more of a controlled study in the future. But regardless, the results are there. Again, we're reducing pain. We're improving quality of life simply by utilizing red light therapy. So let's move along to the last article here. Again, this has to do with skin cancer or melanoma cells. This is from October, so about half a year ago, October 2022, and this is from the Journal of Photochemistry and Photobiology. It's entitled, Responses of Melanoma Cells to Photobiomodulation Depend on Cell Pigmentation and Light Parameters. So, so pretty interesting concept that we probably could have guessed that your skin pigmentation will dictate your dosage. If your skin is whiter, you need a lesser dosage. If your skin is darker, you're going to require a higher dosage because the darker skin pigmentation takes a higher dosage to get the same benefit compared to someone with a lighter skin color. Just like dogs, if you have darker hair or thicker hair, less light is going to make it through and you're going to require a larger dosage compared to a dog that has wider, more translucent hair and or less hair. So similar but different, right? But moving along, let's get into the introduction here. Skin cancer is the most common cancer worldwide and can be melanoma or non-melanoma. Melanoma is malignant lesion affecting melanocytes, i.e. melanin-producing cells, whose function consists in the coloring and defense of the skin against ultraviolet radiation. Its incidence is estimated at 133,000 new cases each year, according to the World Health Organization. The main environmental risk factor for this neoplasm development is exposure to UV radiation. However, the origin of this disease is also related to genetic factors such as genetic susceptibility from the host and family history. The neoplasm is characterized by a lesion of irregular edges presenting asymmetric variation, color diversity, and diameter increase. This type of cancer is highly curable if detected at early stages. On the other hand, this condition represents the most aggressive and deadliest form of skin cancer, which is associated with its great metastatic potential. Light-based technologies to fight cancer have promoted great interest worldwide due to the search for less invasive forms of treatment. Photodynamic therapy is the most common and has been used since the 80s to treat different types of solid cancers. Low-level laser therapy, also termed photobiomodulation therapy, on the other hand, 
uses only light, usually red or near-infrared from lasers or LEDs, to produce physiological functions with no heating to cells and tissues. Photobiomodulation has been used to promote ulcer healing, recover spinal cord injury, alleviate acute pain, etc. Photobiomodulation is also applied to mitigate adverse side effects resulting from conventional cancer therapies such as oral mucositis, radiodermatitis, and lymphedema. <laughs> Does that sound familiar, guys? Straight out of last week's research on cancer. Uh, but moving along here. However, photobiomodulation's effects on cancer are unclear as it appears to exert stimulatory, inhibitory, or even no influence. Light parameters, such as wavelength and radiant exposure, or light dose, are key factors to trigger target cell signaling pathways and outcomes. Besides, the cell type could also play a role in the photobiological response. Due to the use of photobiomodulation as supportive care in cancer patients and the possibility of photobiomodulation practitioners unintentionally irradiating undiagnosed amelatonic melanoma, which is non-pigmented and can resemble other skin cancers, we have been motivated in investigating the impact and safety of photobiomodulation using a near-infrared and a red laser on various cell lineages which would exhibit the presence and absence of pigmentation. We focused our attention on the ability of photobiomodulation to influence cell metabolic activity depending on nutritional growth condition, vascular endothelial growth factor production, also known as VEGF, invasiveness, and migration. We also verified the cell response to different light dosages. As a result, we conducted an in vivo study applying the red laser directly to the tumor originating from a melanin-producing cell line on melanoma-bearing mice. And this is another article where I went to the article from PubMed, and while it gave me a decent amount of information, it still didn't give me all the nitty-gritty details. It just gave me some information and then straight to a small paragraph on discussion and conclusion, which we'll cover. But all that to say... Um, I wasn't able to dive deeper as I wanted to to get more information, so we'll take what we can get here. But again, if I can get my hands on the full PDF, I'll update you guys if there's any insightful information. Uh, but this next small subtopic is entitled, The Near-Infrared Laser Does Not Influence the Metabolic Activity of Melanoma Cell Lines. So they go on to say, No statistically significant differences were noticed among groups. The irradiated groups presented similar metabolic activity in comparison regardless of the growth condition. Certain cell types showed a reduction of approximately 10% between groups for cells cultured in ideal nutritional conditions. On the other hand, under deficit conditions, an increase around 28% was observed for the same groups. And then moving straight into the discussion here, they go on to say, a recent systematic review about the effects of low-level laser therapy on tumor cells in vitro concluded that there is a wide discrepancy in laser parameters such as wavelength, light doses, and type of laser that averts a standardization of irradiation protocol, which we talked about thoroughly last week. Indeed, some included studies showed an increase while other studies showed a decrease in tumor cell proliferation the authors highlighted the need for further studies to provide more solid evidence before using photobiomodulation in cancer. 
Sound familiar? And then the conclusion here, in summary, we have evaluated the effects of one single laser irradiation on two melanoma cell lines differentiated by pigmentation. No impact on near-infrared laser irradiation was noticed for amelanotic cells regardless of light parameters, and photobiomodulation might be safe for undiagnosed amelanotic melanoma, which is non-pigmented and mimics other skin tumors from different origins. In contrast, our results demonstrated that photobiomodulation triggers opposite responses of pigmented cells depending on the wavelength and light. I wish there was more information I could provide, but that's kind of it in a nutshell. Again, I requested the full PDF from the authors. But regardless, interesting nonetheless that this happens to be a topic the photobiomodulation researchers are trying to tackle, how red light therapy can best be used for treating melanoma cells. And it's kind of interesting that they highlighted near-infrared because, again, near-infrared, you're penetrating deeper. So I'm wondering if the theory is they're trying to penetrate below the melanoma cells in order to produce some type of positive side effect. I guess I'm wondering why red light, because, again, red light treats skin, dealing with skin cells here. Again, I'm wondering why red light wasn't highlighted as much. But again, I don't have my hands on the full PDF, so maybe there's something in the materials and methods that would provide some insight there. But regardless, another piece of research showing how red light therapy may be beneficial, or at least may be safe in some cancer-related issues or tissues. But again, as all of these articles state, we need more information. We need more research with more definitive protocols or, or dosages showing that, hey, this dosage is safe for cancer, whereas this dosage with this wavelength is not. So that way, practitioners or, or consumers like you and me can go ahead and utilize this light safely, confidently, and efficaciously on yourself or otherwise. This is going to take time before we get definitive answers, but when it's all said and done with cancer, better safe than sorry, and not directly irradiate the, the site of an active cancer site, I should say. So guys, those are the three articles for this week. Uh, a little shorter, but at least covering three different topics. Again, we covered COVID-19 brain fog, transvaginal photobiomodulation, and then of course, photobiomodulation for melanoma cells. So hope you found this interesting. Hopefully it was, again, just insightful, bringing some more information about different topics to the table. And as always, I appreciate every single one of you listening, especially if you made it all the way to the end here to the episode. If you haven't already, as I always say, please leave a quick five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You don't have to leave a written testimonial if you don't want. Just simply go to the app and leave that quick five-star review. That way more people can find this information and find out about the wonderful benefits of red light therapy so that they, their friends, their family can benefit from this amazing technology. As always, guys, you know, as spring is here, get outside, get some full spectrum sunlight, utilize red light therapy as you need to. And as always, have an amazing week and light up your health. Thank you for listening to the Red Light Report. If you like what you heard today, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes and other podcast platforms to help spread the word so other people can learn about the many health, wellness, and longevity benefits of red light therapy. If you're looking for more educational content, check out our Instagram page, at biolite.shop and our YouTube channel, Biolite. I'm Dr. Mike Belkowski, and I'll see you on the next episode.